All right, well, here's a way to go deep with this question. I already yeah. feel like somebody internally who is so different that I might as well have tongues sticking out of my nose and ears. And so the, the prospect of like how societally crazy that would be and like how weird I would be, that doesn't even seem weird to me to like come off as very weird to people. Welcome to 1000 Crazy Questions, the podcast. I'm your currently sane host, Houston Pierce. This is a podcast where I have at least one guest a week and ask some series of crazy would you rather questions. We can do the psychic for guests for topics and questions that maybe shouldn't have been explored. I take my question from you, listener from Listen of 1000 Questions. You can submit questions, suggestions at me at 1kcrazyquestions at demo.com or at 1000 Crazy Questions on Instagram. That's 1000 on Instagram. And I'm also on Twitter at 1k. Houston Pierce. Your social media username will get a shout out if your question makes the episode wherever you submit it. Uh, please read and follow 1000 Great Questions Apple Podcast, Podchaser, and all those other places. Podchaser specifically, I'll talk more about at the end of the show. Just a great place to do podcast reviews and find new ones. But that's it. That's the intro. With all that out the way, let's get into the episode this week. Today with us, our guest, we have radical thinker, software engineer, political activist, and all around just wonderful person, Justin Persinger. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, um, Justin. Yeah, thank you so much. Like Houston said, I'm just a software engineer, but also just a jack of all trades. I study anything I'm interested in and I always have. And so, you know, that's that's what I'm very passionate about is learning a bunch of different stuff, critically thinking about everything that I learn and trying to integrate all of it together, which means that I know a lot about a bunch of random topics and I love talking about all of them. Cool. Yeah. Are you trying to become or would you consider yourself like a polyglot of sorts, but not that's a no. Sorry, that's one of his languages. What's what's someone who knows a lot about things in general? It's called a poly something. Um, one well, uh, one of them is Renaissance man, but that's obviously a weird term because <laughs> it's also gendered for some reason. But Strange. a lot of people like uh, like Da Vinci is known as a Renaissance man, even though he came way before because he he didn't just study engineering; he did like everything. Yeah, he, he was interested in languages, interested in religion, philosophy, interested in engineering. Polymath is the word I'm looking at. Yeah, definitely. I would totally consider myself a polymath. And it's not even like I was trying to be. It's just like ever since I was a very, very young age, I've always just asked a lot of questions. I've always just wanted to understand how everything works. Cool, cool. Yeah. Real quick, like, can you tell us you know, where you're coming from or what you do for fun and or professionally? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I live in Colorado, have my entire life, love it here. And very big into technology. So like ever since I was like four years old or something, I've had a computer and that has shaped a lot of how I view the world because I've had access to the internet that entire time. And then uh, I started programming when I was 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And that was actually just for fun. I programmed for like eight years before I ever even knew it was going to be something lucrative. Sheesh, dude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, but I just I love programming. It's actually like so much fun because uh, oh, I hate I was it. Talking about before, I, I, I don't know. like it, man. It's it's too tedious. I'm sorry. I've tried and I've done it, and I it's not for uh, me. It's it requires a stupid amount of patience because as soon as you don't have enough patience to handle something, you're never going to solve it. It's taken me a long time to get through some stuff that I wanted to, like days of literally getting nowhere while thinking and 
trying a bunch of this stuff, literally getting nowhere. It's that's terrible. Um, yeah, no, I am not patient. So yeah, what you said is true. Yeah, I can. If it's a spatial problem, I'm willing to solve it. But then I could touch it. I can manipulate it physically. But something that's just the words like that, I just can't do it. My frustration with programming goes kind of deep. I can't do it. Dude, that's valid. I'm glad that you can say that because, you know, there, there's this like modern idea that every, I, I think it's good that everybody should learn programming to at least have to yeah. understand how to interact with technology. Yeah, better. that's true. Yeah. But this is growing movement that like, oh, software engineering pays well, like everybody should become a software engineer. And I'm like, please don't. That's <laughs> I don't want to have to work with a bunch of people who shouldn't be in software and like help them understand that they shouldn't be in software. Yeah, no, that's the really dumb idea. And <laughs> not just for <laughs> software, but yeah. for anything. Yeah. Oh, this is easy. You should do it. No. But yeah. uh, let's get into the episode this week. Here are the rules of the game. There are two rules to this game slash conversation. Rule number one, you must always answer the question, no matter what. If you have no preference towards one or the other, you say the phrase, flip a coin, meaning that each choice is 50-50 to you and that one is neither worse or better than the other. But that rarely happens, so it may not get used. Rule number two, whoever asks the question doesn't have to answer it if they choose not to. These rules exist because as the questions become harder to answer, the rules become harder to follow. This week we have a Red Band episode, so the questions asked and the topics discussed will not be family friendly. If you want to check out the Blue Versions podcast where the questions are just a little bit more PG, uh, less edgy, they are there and I encourage you to go seek them out. Just as ridiculous and funny as I'm sure this one will be. And uh, just want to remind you, if you have any different questions for me or any variations of the questions I have asked you, this is a conversational podcast, so just let me know. Quick bug point disclaimer to listeners, everything is hypothetical. If you are offended by this episode... I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do about it. So you kind of have to move on with your life. Uh, and lastly, before we begin, Justin, is there anything like you, you like to ask and or declare? Or are there any inherent slash mental biases you know you may have? No. All right. <laughs> no. I think it's the first no I've gotten. <laughs> but I like it. Let's get into the episode this week. Uh, question number one. Would you rather find out you're a robot or find out you're a clone? And, uh, oh, there's another piece here. The real version of you, who you are the clone of, is pretty much living an awesome life, better than the life you're living right now, and doing stuff that you wish you could be doing, and they don't want to meet you. All right, that's an important detail. Uh, yeah. I'd definitely rather be a robot, actually, which might be a weird answer, but okay. um, I'm already looking forward towards a... Uh, uh, for transhumanism and like getting bionic body parts if i was already a robot i would just be like all right cool i'm gonna start tinkering you want to be a transhuman like you want to be a robot not no not a robot i want a cyborg bi- bionic want. limbs yeah yeah okay. i want like very specific bionic limbs i don't want like a body overhaul or anything like that i want a bionic arm my left arm and a bionic eye once i believe that the procedures are safe and that the technology is better than like a human counterparts hmm so like if you find your robot it's just like oh that makes it easier to work on myself essentially that'd be a green light i'd be like oh <laughs> all right would you not question your humanity or anything like the fact that you know your parents built you and that all your memories were essentially falsified and you start at who knows what quote-unquote age to be who you are now that's a good point 
It would definitely make me question a lot of things again, which I'm not opposed to. Like, I'm comfortable questioning things, so. Okay. I mean, that had to Uh, be good. Yeah, the interesting detail there is, I guess I believe on, like, some fundamental level that humans bear a lot of resemblance to computers like the way our neurotransmitters work and like the physical structures of our brain like the neurology none of this is to degrade the significance of human minds or anything like that uh, or say that everything's predetermined but the way our brains work is largely like a computer and if we were computers there's no saying that computers can't think in the way that we do and that humans couldn't think of the way that we do if we were computers. There's nothing that says that in like the natural laws of the world. You know, a lot of people who are, are religious or spiritual believe that there is something fundamentally different, like your spiritual, your higher self would be guiding you. That's something that a robot can't do. And if you're religious, you believe that we've got like souls or, or some divine part of us. But I'm much more of like a science-based person where like, I mean, I'm agnostic, so I'll just say that, like, I'm not atheist, but um, I don't think that there's anything fundamental about humans that separates them from the natural world and the natural laws. Mm. Like, we exist within it, and that doesn't take away any of our significance, because the entire universe exists within the natural laws, and it's pretty damn significant. I. Okay, I have a few questions, but I have one question kind of poking me in the back of the head right now that I kind of want to ask you. So I am someone who is, well, I don't like the term religious, but yeah, I guess I am religious. I have, I follow a religion. But what would you say if we were able to achieve AI and it wasn't going to wipe us out instantly and we made it based on the human brain, like, you know, we were able to almost copy it and put it in a robot. Would you think that robot would have a personality. And if it did, if we made another one, would that robot have the same personality? Because where, I mean, I I totally respect the fact, you know, souls are kind of unprovable. They're up for a debate. But how mm-hmm. would you say those two robots, if it did have a personality, would have to have an identical personality to the next robot, wouldn't it? Since there's no physical so. difference. Yeah, they would they would have an identical personality until their stimuli had like, you know, helped reinforce something new. Their like their environment would have had to change them. But yeah, if you uh, the term that people use is mind uploading for like after we reach AI and then like we're able to make a copy of a human mind in a machine. That's like a serious ethical dilemma because we're like, okay, they've got all of your memories, your whole personality, like all this stuff then which one of you is real? And like, of course, all humans are going to say the human is the real one because it's the original. And the other one was, it's like a prefab based off of that. You, that's a clone, but, essentially. It's not who's real. Yeah. It's who's number one. And humans, yeah. yeah, they're both essentially real. They both exist. But I and would, yeah, I would still the say the human you know, one would be yeah. certain to be conscious. But is the robot one? conscious yeah we don't know what consciousness is like at all (laughs) we have no idea what consciousness is so yeah yeah we definitely left the question (laughs) yeah that's okay but you're going with the robot definitely going with the robot okay cool interesting yeah i don't i don't even have an answer for this one i didn't think about it i mean i guess i go with the robot too because being able to upgrade myself is pretty cool idea i'm just gonna steal your answer because yeah, that works. And finding out I'm a clone would be very disheartening, too, especially if yeah. the other clone has a better life than me. 
I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. Next question. How do you think news should be delivered? News as in CNN, Fox, newspaper, social media. If you had to rewrite or say how news should be delivered, even if it's like opinion based or completely factual, how do you think it should be delivered to people in general? That's really hard because I understand a lot of like the problems with the news cycle and especially like what news people are able to see, but I have no idea what the solution is. I'll, I'll think about it for a moment. Okay. Don't be a philosopher and just point out the problems and not give us a solution. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. But well, you, you asked, how, to, how I, do you think I should, or how do you think I would like it to be delivered? Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. It's, kind of a tall order but if you had the authority you know if you had some huge position and power to to say hey guys we're doing it wrong we're going to take all these cable networks out we're going to put this new thing in i mean you can even start small you know if you want to tweak what we already have i think that might work too i mean personally to share my opinion on this i guess and give some time like i think the best place currently to find news would be like I like uh, knowing what's happening through other things delivered through usually a sarcastic and funny source, YouTube, essentially, and someone who has no horse in the race, someone who's not from Fox or CNN, but maybe a comedian or someone who, I mean, like it's always going to come through an opinion. It's coming through a person. You're not going to get unfiltered news. And I think unfiltered news is good and also a bit hollow at the same time just reading the facts like you're reading the back of a ingredients on the cereal box or whatever it's just kind of strange if someone just delivers there was a fire in arizona today and it's soullessly that that's a little strange like if a robot were delivered in news i'd be a little unsettled it might come off negative every time even if it's good news so i think a person delivering it is ideal but when you run to people you run to huge biases and what will be covered what will not be covered your political beliefs tie heavily into that as well. So I think hearing it from someone who either is not on either side of the aisle, or at least in American politics, is the best way to go. That's what I think. You just need some kind of source, maybe a board of people who aren't red or blue, but can just deliver the news. I mean, I know it's what cable news was supposed to be, but I think it just kind of needs a reset if I were to say something. But yeah, well, what do you yeah. think, though? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, you've, you've got me thinking with a lot of what you said. So yeah, well, one of the key components I would say is that it should be somebody with no self-interest delivering the news. But that's obviously a very complicated thing because like, okay, so you've got a news company. If you want the news anchor to not have any self-interest, then their position has to be totally unrelated to, you know, how they're delivering the news, if that makes sense. You need to be paying them, whether they deliver the news in a way you like or not, that way their self-interest is just to deliver the news yeah. well. There's no, oh, I have to make sure, like I say, this story in this way and deliver it from this angle. Otherwise, my boss is going to fire me. Yeah. Because like, that obviously doesn't work. But the, the other thing you mentioned is really hard and goes off what I just said. You said it, it should be delivered from somebody like that's not on either side of like the political spectrum, like somebody more central or like less biased. The hard part with what I just said about self-interest is everybody who's engaged in politics believes that the ideas they believe in serve their self-interest. 
there, there might be people out there who have political beliefs that they don't even think are benefiting them, but that are just hurting other people and that makes them happy. But almost everybody believes that the policies they believe in are like if they were implemented, that it would help themselves. And so then you get to delivering news about it. And anytime something political comes up, there's self-interest, no matter what. So humans are inherently biased and news is just like a vessel for that really shows. Do you say then like written would be better? But I guess a person's writing itself scratch that. Would you say a robot then, for instance, would be the best way? I think a mix. Oh, I actually had, (laughs) wow, I can't believe I had forgotten this. I had an idea for, I guess, an algorithm a while ago where it would basically search the internet, crawl the internet, so much like how Google does search engine and stuff. It would just crawl news websites and link together a bunch of articles about the same topic and then come up with a centralized view, like like an actual factual view, non-biased, and then have like a slider or options on it where you can like view the story from different perspectives. Like I want to see the left perspective or the right perspective of this. And it would just like change the content of the article and like show you the perspective of like what it's gathered from all these different websites. I think that actually might already exist not to like rip the carpet from underneath algorithms or anything, but like, I think I have it on my phone. I haven't used it too much. I think it's called ground news not a sponsor, but like ground, like, you know, like as in a circuit. And it has like a little you know, like round symbol that you'd see in like um, circuitry. And it's supposed to give you like global news, U.S. news. And it does, I don't know if it has a slider, but it has definitely like click on this for the news networks, see how they covered it. It gives you all the news networks and you can click on them and see how they've covered the same article, essentially. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Haven't used it too much because like I said, I mostly just watch late night <laughs> people. But yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part is like uh, everything in the modern world, it has to be in a consumable media form. Mm -hmm. And, you know, an app that works really well to deliver the news is is, is awesome. But if it's not, you know, if if it is giving you a non-biased version of the news, that's not super stimulating to most people. Like it's basically like reading a scientific research paper. Yeah, that's the problem. You got to be very interested in the topic. Yeah. And like, uh, which people, like, like you said, you like the, you like the sarcastic or like the late night perspective of things. And yeah, green shows exactly. You, you want the, the more stimulating version of the news, which totally makes sense. Yeah. It's just more consumable than, you know, like it's like eating raw protein. Like you got to have water. And even if you have water, then you just have a weird tasting water. You need it in a shake or something else. Like you just need something interesting on it. Yeah. I would say that I think, I guess to answer your question, I think local news is the way to go. Because local news, they're typically the only people who don't have a self-interest when it comes to large, like things larger than themselves. For example, if a city or county newspaper is reporting on something that's happening in the state, they're not in control of that by any means. So they're giving you like a really good perspective of residents or citizens like that are affected by it. Obviously, yeah. that still goes both ways because local news can be super radical. But I honestly don't know if that's a problem we can even solve. Yeah, no, like they could be bought out by either local businesses or even one person with enough money or, um, you know, an out-of-state business, who knows what. So so I guess the answer here is uh, we're doomed. There's no way to, there's no. 
I think democratization of information goes a really long way. And like this coming from somebody who's been on the internet since I was four years old. But the problem is that, you know, not everybody's a critical thinker. And that's not even coming from a place of judgment. That's like, people are not taught to be critical thinkers, because it's not good for a lot of people in the world if you know, citizens are critical thinkers. And the problem there is, if you democratize information to people who aren't critical thinkers, they have no idea which ones they should continue seeking out or which ones they should avoid. And like, that's super apparent to me because I had to learn from a very young age, like, if I see somebody raging on the internet, I'm like, okay, I'm going to avoid this person at all costs. Because like, I, I just know from like experience with these people, there's there's not a point to engaging in that type of behavior. And like similarly goes, if I'm reading an article and I can tell it's very radical, I like, I take a note to not go back to that website. Mm-hmm. And that might happen within the first paragraph of reading through. I'll be like, wow, this website is like very radical or like the way they're presenting this facts, very misleading. And then like, okay, it's not a reputable source. Yeah. I, you have to be reading the article, understanding it, understanding like, the background and the context of what they're talking about, and then also analyzing how well they're presenting the information all at the same time, which is, that's a lot of stuff to be doing. And yeah. It's a high no, that, bar. That's a lot of thinking. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that too. I'm not as active, more on the lazy side of this, but yeah, I agree. I use Reddit and like YouTube and TikTok as like my primary news source. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've, I've used the internet for such a long time that I can use as a primary news source yes. and yeah, and not get distracted with all of like the crazy BS that's put out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do. Uh, <laughs> man, there's so much to say about that. I say so much to say about that too, because some people don't know, especially older people don't know how to use the internet in that way. But yeah, we're going to move on to the next question because it's a very serious one. Would you rather eat with your butt? You can still drink with your mouth, but you have to eat, you know, food through your butt or have fully working tongues in your ears and nose. Oh, my totally fully working tongues in my ears and nose. Oh, I so confidently. (laughs) Well, first, the butt one sounds horrible. As somebody with IBS, it, it sounds horrible. I have no interest in going anywhere near that one. But then I also have sinus and ear problems and <laughs> if i had tongues i mean it's gonna work a lot better than like trying to itch my uh itch my ear with my pinky or like a q-tip or whatever i got a tongue in there i mean <laughs> it sounds like it's natural if this is like an implanted tongue I... no this is natural it's well actually okay. let's, let's say like you're not born with this let's say you just kind of wake up and it's naturally kind of just grown in overnight it's just kind of there and they're both a little bit visible from the outside like you'd see a little bit of, you'll always see like a little bit of pink and you you can like you have full control over these tongues but it's like two in the nostrils you know one in yeah. each ear and like you know like you can like flex some and like your mouth essentially like you yeah full <laughs> dot of this control i'm going with the tongues for sure and with the note that i'm definitely going to go insane if i have all of those tongues like but i might stay sane longer than if i had to eat food through my butt you can still drink with your mouth though it's just eating yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay that's just not happening i already don't eat too much food and i feel like i just wouldn't eat at all just eat at home as long as it's like 
I'll be right back. I go to the bathroom, and then you, hey, didn't you, did you take an apple in there? Yeah, I threw it in the trash. <laughs> no one's gonna see you eat. Is the but like you can keep this? I think you can keep this under wraps. The first one, like the second one, is so out there. It's like you know you have tongues in your ears and nose, but the second one, the first one, everyone aside from like close friends and family who you decide to tell will probably not even know. All right, well, here's a way to go deep with this question. I already yeah. feel like somebody internally who is so different that I might as well have tongues sticking out of my nose and ears. <laughs> and so the I the prospect of like how societally crazy that would be and like how weird I would be, that doesn't even seem weird to me to like come off as very weird to people. That, that it sounds like I'm not saying that as somebody who's like confident about being weird, but I'm already comfortable and like understand it. So, wow, you know yourself. <laughs> that's very not. That's very wise, actually. To know oneself is very wise. That's a good answer. I'm not gonna knock on that. All right. Thank you. Um, next up, question. This is just a regular question again, and I feel like I might be asking the right person this. If we ever create AI and is not that's not genocidal, you know, and they, they decide to uh, coexist with us, lower life forms, essentially, would robots deserve human rights or robo rights? It's a really good question. Even though uh, we are technically their gods, but continue. Yeah, they're, cre- they're creators. Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's like a whole bunch of different philosophical issues in there. And then I actually uh, took a robot ethics course and we talked about this, but we never reached an answer it was like we could discuss it for a week we could have discussed it for the entire semester and i don't think we ever would have come to (laughs) give me the conclusion give me the spark notes give me the big points then well it was usually just people sharing their own perspectives so i'll give you my perspective on it and uh, i think i think yes but they would have to be able to show that they have a similar um reasoning repeatability in behavior stuff like that and then i guess predictability with behavior because if you've got robots getting developed by anybody running around like some of them are running around burning shit some of them are running around building shit you don't want to give them human rights because some of those are not acting like as part of society right they're running around burning shit so if you give them human rights and they have i mean i guess technically even if humans run around burning shit they're still going to get in trouble uh, yeah, but they have the, rights. The, the people burning stuff could just be put in a room for six months and then let out. They're, they're, yeah, they're but not gonna robots have the rights. you could put in a room for 10 years and they're not really going to care because they don't I mean, feel time elapsing. Ooh, I mean, let's say they do care, though. I mean, they may not feel time elapsing. Actually, they might. Who knows how this AI thing will yeah. work. They could feel time elapsing. I mean, computers you turn on after 50 years kind of cough when they wake up. You know, <laughs> and they. Mm-hmm. I think technology does age. Yeah, I think also, yeah, the the really hard part about the question is just how decentralized development of robots and AI will be, because elaborate. Yeah, of course, people all around the world are going to be able to develop AI and robots. Like as soon as the technology is there, it's not going to be one entity making like what one government or one company or whatever making robots and artificial intelligence. It's going to be like Computers are going to reach a point and our knowledge of neural networks and other machine learning algorithms will reach such a point where anybody can use that information to go out and build a robot. So I think that's the really hard part with saying, like, should robots have human rights? Is It's like saying 
if you were God, quote unquote, a creator, and you could create a lizard and you could create an ant and you could create a human and a rhinoceros. Those are like four examples of robots, like robot analogs that we might create in a day. And so it's like, if you say, should those have human rights? It's like, well, those are four totally different entities that we don't have the language to describe how different they are. So like you could say, like, should human-like robots have human rights? And <laughs> I, I don't know. I think eventually they will. I'll say that much. I think definitely robots will eventually have human rights and be considered like members of society. But it's going to require the humans and robots to exist on a spectrum because like an example, Elon Musk, uh, company, um, what is it called? Uh, Neuralink. They're making a way for humans to literally integrate with technology on a physical level instead of, you know, like having to interact with the kinesthetic level. It's like biohumanism, um, really. Is what it sounds yeah, like. exactly. And so if we had humans and robots existing on a spectrum where like, you know, there's fully human people, there's fully robots, and then there's people in the middle who are like literally integrating those two worlds, I think then it's much more likely we're going to get robots that have human rights. I see. I see. Yeah, let's go to explain it. Do you think the singularity is essentially a Skynet type thing where once it has created, it makes itself smarter and smarter? and decides to kill people, do you think that's not just a possibility, but do you think they'll kill us? Do you think we'll even have time to get to the human rights question dilemma if AI is reached? You know, What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Personally, I think the whole concept of that is basically inevitable as long as human progress continues as it is right now, because that's all that's required. All we need is you know, another 20 years of iteration on computer processors and in scientific research for artificial intelligence before, like I said, anybody's going to be able to build it. And it's, yeah, so I think it's happening already. Like the process is already getting us there. And so long as there's no like nuclear war, global famine or anything that like seriously changes the path of future from where our progress is right now, I think it's inevitable that we hit a super intelligent AI, the singularity but in you, only like 20 to 30 years. But do you think, do, it, yeah. do, do I think they'll kill us? Yeah. Yes. So I think there's a high probability that we will not survive this happening. Not because it's not possible. I don't think there's anything inherently difficult about making a super intelligent AI. Well, I shouldn't say inherently difficult, impossible about it. I don't think there's anything make, that makes it impossible. To make an ethical, super intelligent AI. Problem is, humans have a lot of vested interests, uh, self-interest. Like the, the thing I've always told people is, if the pharmaceutical industry or the oil industry, like the same people who were behind those industries for the past hundred years and how they've like ruined the world, if people who are greedy, similar to those people, are the ones developing super intelligent AI and robotics we're all screwed. We're going to be in a dystopia for however long. And then by the end of it, we're all fucked. Because when we design a super intelligent AI, we have to have a lot of foresight. It has to be designed to be ethical before it's designed to be so smart that it can improve its own processing power. Because like, as soon as that happens, it's a runaway effect. Like it's no longer... It, 
Yeah, that's a great example. It's like having a bull or or like a horse in reins. Before it's a super intelligent AI, we've got the reins. We can tell it where to go. We can teach it. We can do all this stuff. As soon as it's a super intelligent AI, that horse goes from being like your steed to like the size of a planet. Could eat the planet you're on if you're not careful. Or it could be a really cool planet-sized horse that doesn't give a shit about us. It literally all comes back to how we design it. Yeah. So if you had to put a percentage on it, just a mathematical percentage, what would you say is the chance of... Going for it. I mean, I guess that's our fault, but what do you think the percentage? Of course, I agree with the reins thing, but yeah. I think there's like a 90% chance we're fucked. (laughs) And... I actually uh, <laughs> oh my God. have had like a guiding principle for myself that I really want to help be part of the 10%. Mm-hmm. I, I want to try to take all of my ideas about how to develop a super intelligent AI ethically and develop that. Because like I said, so I think that this process is completely inevitable. So for example, uh, like something we always talked about was like regulation of AI. How the hell do you regulate what people are developing? Like deep fakes is a great example. Problem is you can't regulate it because it happens in a decentralized manner as soon as information spreads and computers are literally everywhere. Even supercomputers, there's hundreds now. So, you know, even if you try to regulate AI and say, you know, nobody can develop a super intelligent AI, okay, that might block the top few people or few organizations who have the most powerful supercomputers from developing it, but you wait five or 10 more years, processing power gets so much better that suddenly a person in the middle of nowhere can make a super intelligent AI in their garage. Yeah. And like, okay, so are those the people we want to wait for? Definitely not. There has to be some middle ground where we need to be able to develop this and know where we're heading with a super intelligent AI, because if we wait to do it, the wrong people are going to develop it. So we need to have the right people working on it. And so I want to be one of those. No, that's admirable. I can't say the word admirable. (laughs) Well, yeah, also when you believe you've got a 90% chance of being fucked, like I I love humans. I think what humans have done is incredible. I think the planet Earth is incredible. And super intelligent AI poses a risk to all of that in in a glimpse. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to, you know, do my best, especially, you know, like I said, I believe it's inevitable. So I'm like, okay, somebody's got to do something about it. And I don't want people who are like petroleum or uh, pharmaceutical industry. I don't want those types of people being the ones who get into it. It's like robotics is going to be insanely profitable. And like, that's what scares me is yeah. like long before we have super intelligent AI, maybe 10, 15 years before we're going to have like 40% unemployment from robots. Oh, and yeah. we are already not doing well when it comes to like wealth redistribution to like help people get their basic needs. I mean, I've always said like, imagine what's going to happen when, uh, when Amazon has access to like robots that can do what all their workers do. They're not going to oh, care yeah. about if their workers survive. Like literally, I, I don't believe that Amazon would care if all the people who currently work at Amazon survive after they're able to get that same labor from robots. Yeah. Oh, I used to work at Amazon for sure. No, they would not care. <laughs> I could, I and can, so like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what scares me when it comes to wealth redistribution, there are people who are like, Oh, like they're not able to provide labor value. Let them die. Let, let 100 million Americans die because we've gotten their labor value through robots. 
And that's horrible, right? Like, like those types of people should not be in power if they think in such a manner, especially when robots are going to literally make it like we already live in such a system where if we provided everybody's basic needs, we'd be way better off. But robots are going to make it so that the the amount of money it's going to take to provide everybody's basic needs is going to be like inconsequential. It would only be extreme greed that could possibly stop us from fulfilling everybody's basic needs, especially when you talk about like robots and agriculture. They're going to bring the cost of food down 10 or maybe 100 fold. So it's like, okay, so if there's a food shortage or we're not just giving food to people at that point, it's just because people want to make money. That's all they care about. That's extra sad. It's like it's our savior and our doom. Uh, But we have have to move on. Cool. Let's get even darker, though, with the subjects. We've already reached kind of an alarmist level here, but we, we could take this darker. Here's that question I kind of warned you about at the beginning of the show. Oh, uh, would you rather? <laughs> Lord, this is hard to say. Uh, sensibility warning for anyone listening. But would you rather uh, kill yourself with a gun? Or you can only say and write negative and hurtful things for the rest of of your life. You cannot say anything positive, nor write anything positive, or even do anything positive. It has to be either neutral or negative. So I guess that kind of conflicts with your, you know, mission, but you could still, you're the best thing you could do would be at to be like a neutral or maybe even a very doomsday-ish approach. You can't do anything positive, no solutions, no you could you could only state problems essentially. If that that's the best you can help. You know, I think I take the second one, which is, which is tough. I don't think it would be easy by any means, but thinking about it, you could become a recluse. Like there's nothing against being on your own in the middle of the woods and just finding out how to be happy on your own. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd probably become a survivalist and live out on my own, but you also Mm -hmm. said I can state problems. So, you know, maybe I would write and just say, because like I already kind of do this just write, here's what all the problems are. And right now I'm working on something where I'm writing what all the problems are and proposing like specific solutions for how we go about solving it. But I think at least making people aware of what problems are would at least help because, you know, not a lot of people are able to analyze stuff and understand what the root problem is. So I could still provide some benefit, even if I can't say anything positive. Mm hmm. It would be a very, very difficult existence, though. I like people a lot, and I like being nice. I, I enjoy spending quality time with people, and so I'd be very lonely. <laughs> yeah, I think even people who don't like people like people. Even people who are, what's the word, it introverted, enjoy other people's company. It, misery enjoys company. So, yeah, no, that's a very real answer, and like, I'm glad you chose the second one because the first one's a bit tough. Uh, you know, but you know the old saying, you know, the, uh, if you have nothing good to say, don't say it at all. I thought, well, let's go extreme with that, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, like I said, I'd be a survivalist. I'd probably be off of my own meditating. Yeah. Like I, I would try to just be at peace with myself and not have to seek any external validation, which obviously humans are social creatures and 
I would hope external validation would come to me, even though I wasn't seeking. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe like the real, like your mother or father, I don't know. I don't know the people in your life, but you know, those types of people who were like really cared about you and you're like, well, he changed one day. He was this, like, we still love him, even though he can't be nice anymore. Yeah, my yeah. family would know. <laughs> yeah. Like sure. he, one day he just wasn't nice anymore. And I think they would just, you know, love on you regardless even animals i guess if you have any of those like they uh they care even if you're neutral to them yeah i think it's still possible the first one is pretty hard in suicide is a tough subject and by the way to anyone listening who may be thinking about ending your own life i hope that you seek help and this is no way advocating that in any way i don't really i don't believe in that at all but i just thought it'd be interesting to pitted against something that it was a really tough position you know because it it morally people like to be good or do things that are good and yeah sometimes some people can't even have it some people are so nice they don't have it in them to be negative so uh, yeah finding a way to be constructive like you said like stating problems is i think a very good solution yeah and next question this one's a bit a little more hopeful, I guess, kind of. But if you can push a button to uh, magically end world hunger or push a button to magically prevent any unjust murder, um, which button are you pushing? Interesting. And I say unjust, I mean unjust in any way. If someone's going to murder someone in cold blood, if someone's unrightfully given the death sentence, anything that is not justify just magically that person will not die does it so it, it ends it forever then like so you said ends world hunger does that one last indefinitely just like the not murdering people lasts indefinitely let's say yeah let's say this lasts indefinitely no one's gonna die of hunger or, or thirst whatever and no one's gonna unjustly die and right, sickness does not it. count sickness does not count that is off the table and soon as natural disasters is hunger. off the table all right because uh, I think that if you ended world hunger and gave people those basic needs, the murder rates are going to go way, way down. Mm. There's still going to be people out there murdering. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as many. Because, mm -hmm. like, I, if you think about it, like, you've got food. Like, I mean, even if you're in your worst, worst situation, but you've got access to food and like, survive. I mean, I hear you. I hear you, but a lot of those murders, especially the ones here we've seen in America, those um, either school shootings or movie theater shootings or church shootings or whatever, are not motivated by need. They're motivated by, well, uh, hatred or something akin to it. So I don't think, at least for this country's problems, I don't know if that world hunger would even st stall that. Yeah. I guess I think of a lot of problems as cascading. So like you said... It stem from hatred. Totally agree. And usually that comes back to like demonization of some group because you feel like your rights or needs are, or your rights are being infringed on or your needs aren't being met. And then people try to find a scapegoat for like why that is like some easy answer to the problem. And so I guess thinking of it as a cascading problem, everybody in the world, like world hunger was solved. That's just going to give so many more people just an understanding that like their needs are met, like or one of their main needs is met. They don't need to 
work 40 hours a week to be able to afford food. Maybe, maybe they'll still have to afford shelter, but the problem kind of shifts when you've got one of your needs being met. What about health and sickness? I, I, there's a lot of people who that's the biggest thing for them because yeah. that's not solved. That's I can still eat, but I have malaria. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also didn't mention thirst, but I, I guess probably. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I include thirst in there. Hunger. Sorry. Hunger, yeah. thirst. Sorry. No, That'll be taken care of. It doesn't include shelter. So no, like then you start getting into like housing crises and like people fighting over living conditions. And, yeah. So like people would still be fighting. You can still get sick from living somewhere terrible, you know. Here's a good good detail on the second one. You said no murdering. Does that also include no wars, or does it is only unjust wars? Can you wage war justly? You can unquote? you can justly kill somebody. Yeah. It's only it's only just murders. So pretty much, if the universe quote unquote <laughs> deems it like good revenge or just, then that person will die. It's just unjust murder. Yeah. Interesting. So. So if I guess if a war is necessary, then you'll be able, you'll find out on the battlefield when you're able to shoot somebody and they die, I guess. Or, or like maybe, maybe yeah. you'd be allowed to shoot certain people, but not others. And you'd be like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Some people just go in there with the machine. You just start mowing people down, but only five of them, five out of 30 or whatever, fall over. And you're like, well, I guess those guys deserved it. You know, like it's. All right, I'm switching my answer. I'm going with no murder. <laughs> okay. What changed we'd be, your... <laughs> we'd be forced to solve our problems. And and we were talking about, um, like, if you don't solve, like, shelter, like, that's just going to be the next crisis that people are going to be focusing on. It's like, even if in America everybody had food, worldwide everybody had food and water, immediately people are going to start fighting over land and, and homes. Like, and money. Guaranteed. Yeah, and money. And, yeah. So I think stopping murder would go a lot further for helping people to cooperate but you could still keep people in prison and you know essentially lock them up or torture them like it's just murder it's just murder and also if you keep someone in a place long enough then they and you don't care for them they can die or they can kill themselves that suicide is still a thing in this second one and accidental death and natural disasters oh, wow. and sickness are still a thing in this one. Mm-hmm. It's just a person killing another person that you're taking off. Yeah, so I, I guess in this situation, I would take a consequentialist viewpoint and say, do, does murder kill more people or does world hunger kill more people? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to to approach that one. Get a pro con sheet going. I don't know. Yeah, because like at this point, yeah, it's it's a, such a complicated thing that like you can't just approach it from like which one is morally correct because there's a lot of caveats to both, and I don't think you can say definitively which one's morally correct. So you got to look at it from a numbers perspective. Like if a lot more people are dying from hunger than are dying from murder worldwide, then I would say we should solve hunger. But if more people are. It's a consequence of war, just flat out murder or dying. Exactly. War has hmm. killed a lot of people in the past. So I don't know what the future looks like, but a lot of people in the past. I guess with the singularity thing, robots couldn't kill us, at least not justly, but. That's true. That would be murder. 
or would it be murder? Because murder they would have to have human rights for it to be murder. Because otherwise, there's yeah. no punishment. It might just be natural order if they're not, because they're not people. Murder is a person killing a per. They're they're robots. Yeah. It's like a lion killing a person is not murder. That's 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 death. I don't know. Yeah, we we talked about that in the robot ethics course too. Because yeah, if a robot kills somebody, who's responsible? The robot, oh the robot can only be responsible if it has human rights and like its own personality or consciousness. But then like. Do you hold the engineers accountable? Do you hold the programmers accountable? Do you hold the managers, the CEOs, like working on those companies? Who do you hold responsible for murder? How intelligent is the robot? Is the next question I would ask if I were the judge. Like, is the exactly robot. yes? Yeah. If if it's like a human robot, yeah, very like has human abilities, then yeah, the the robot is responsible. Like, if it's able to come up with its own decisions on the fly. But if it's yeah. just an algorithm and like, let's say it was neglect or a bug in the code or, you know, something like that, where there's just some weird edge case where this robot just went out and murdered somebody. It's like, who is responsible? How do you hold somebody accountable and I guess punish somebody for what transpired? Like, is that just going to be a fine I really hope not. Like somebody gets murdered and they're like, all right, we're going to find this company $5 million, $10 million per murder. Like what? I don't know. But you that's horrifying to think about. You yeah. pay off murder. Okay. So wait. It's, oh, it might be. Uh, here's $30 million. I'll write you a check. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, we'll cover the funeral, I guess. But that, that's cold blooded. Do you want to say, I'll see the robot hanged. And then, you know, you kill the robot. Do you even feel better? exactly that's the other hard part is they could just make it exact the robot's not going to feel remorse or not if you believe in souls it's not going to be satisfying to see a robot die you know technically Uh, there's no death if all it is is really just a program exactly because you'd have to like delete the program (laughs) that would be like killing the robot virus in it or something and watch it spaz i guess pour water on it Delete all copies of the code, like force it to be like overwritten. I don't know, but whatever. But uh, if you had to pick, preventing unjust murder, world hunger one. If you had to, these are both good things to do. Which one would you go with? I mean, if you need more information, I'll take that as an answer because I think that's a very good point. But if you had to pick one today, which one would you go with? You know, I'm gonna go with murder. Okay. Like I said, I think people would have to start working together more because they realize like people have a lot less fear because, you know, like when mass shootings happen in the U.S., people have a lot of fear, rightfully so. Yeah. Even though even though it only affects a very small statistical part of the population, it's very horrifying on like a societal scale. And so if we could stop that, I think people would be way more likely to cooperate because it would remove so much fear from daily lives. That's only in the modern world. Like a hundred years ago, I don't know if removing murder would, would do as much to help society because right now we focus so much on murder because it, it impacts us on fundamental level. Yeah. I think if you go back in the past, I think it would do just much good. People don't like to die. And I think that's no matter what time period you do that in, I think it'll make a big difference. Especially, it might even make a bigger difference in the past with how many wars have always been going on. Yeah, I think that's even yeah. The the further you go, the more impactful I think it actually does become. But um, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Last, last question. This one's 
<laughs> this one's just a bit dumb, but this whole episode. But uh, if you had to, would you rather eat a three-day-old bowl of Fruit Loop cereal which has been left on the counter, or eat a handful of live wriggling earthworms? Oh my gosh! One's food, and one well, I guess the other one's kind of food, but yeah, <laughs> which one are you going with? I'm going to say the bowl of Fruit Loops. I can get through it. I might have to get stoned first. Uh, it's going to be really gross. Uh, I don't think that's going to be Do I get to choose the milk? Because I'm not choosing real milk. I'm choosing like oat milk. Or it was, milk. As long as it's three days old, sure. Yeah. It, it can sit out on the counter for three days, but I'm yeah. not letting milk sit out on the counter for three days. That's <laughs> fucking disgusting. Almond milk won't... I don't know how it's going to make a difference, but all right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think anything plant-based would just be a, a little bit better. It, it's like the same as like, would you rather eat chicken, like raw chicken? No, 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 let's not say raw chicken. Even cooked chicken or cooked tofu that's been sitting on the counter for 24 hours. I'm yeah. going with the tofu every time because organic matter decays in a very gross way, which like yeah. milk, milk is going to decay very rapidly and very grossly. <laughs> Almond milk is organic though. It's not. Milk. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. plant-based. So it's, er, yeah, I guess plant. We don't really have a term for that. Do we, we just say plant-based. It's organic though. Plant-based equals organic. Yeah. I meant to say like animal, animal, Oh, organic matter. Oh, I know what you mean. Really I know way. what you mean now. Yeah. I, I don't know what the term for that is either, but yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. yeah. Do you, are you, do you, I have to ask, do you have like a particular problem with insects? Because you know that, that could be the way of the future, eating bugs. You know, I would say eating them like directly, yeah, but not in a composite manner. So like I've heard of cricket burgers. I'm totally fine with it. I've heard cricket burgers can be way more nutritious. They're way more efficient uh, use of lands, like insane thousand times more efficient they they are more efficient to grow that's true yeah and so if you can grind them up and put them in a burger that tastes good i will eat it i can come past a mental barrier like that but eating live earthworms hell no not a chance (laughs) or even even a live cricket that's i used to watch uh like man versus wild i've I've seen bear grills eat a decent number of live insects and i don't have any interest in doing that yeah, you always bite the head off first with those, those ones. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm sure the worms. I'm sure the they worms would be, it'd be a lot bad. of protein. I don't know. Yeah, the worms would be might, a lot. Of... I might just be psyching myself up. It might yeah. not be as bad as I'm thinking. It probably just tastes like dirt and uh, worm skin. Okay. There's a there's Ugh. a book where a kid eats worms. It's not like a how to. Oh yeah, I, oh, it's a fairly famous book. It's uh how to eat fried worms or yeah. Yeah. Did I say it on the first try? I think that is it. Yeah, I read that as a kid and I made it seem okay. Yeah, he ate worms like all the time, right? That was the thing? Yeah, tons. (laughs) He tried them in like a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Do you like Fruit Loops, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mentioned I'd have to get stoned, but that's not even because of the three days old. That's literally, I think I'd have to be stoned to eat Fruit Loops. (laughs) That is what it's, it's so it's so sweet it's like overpowering to me I've, I've had that with a lot of foods for a long time and and weed like specifically cbd actually i wouldn't even need to be stoned quote unquote but um yeah that would that would help me eat fruit loops 
I usually don't get like sweet cereals like that. It's also weird though, because Fruit Loops is like an artificial sweet that I don't like. But if you give me like honey, which is also very sweet, I can eat as much honey as I want. It's like there's some type of sweetener that they use in very processed food that I just really don't like. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You're a very conscious guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have ADHD and that means that like, uh, this is my understanding of it. Um, so human brains are inherently parallel and concurrent because like what I learned in psychology is you have like 10,000 pieces of stimulus happening at any given moment. But if you think about it, you can feel like your knees, your foot, where you're touching the ground, touching your chair, all these sounds around you. That how your mouth feels, how your nose feels, how your eyes feel. You can feel all this stuff simultaneously, and your brain is filtering it out for you so that you can just focus on one thing at a time. I think ADHD is, is somewhat where um, your brain isn't as good at keeping one train of thought, so you can hear more of the background trains of thought happening, like your brain isn't as good at filtering them all out. But what that means is if you develop this ability, you can start to have multiple like humans already have multiple trains of thought you can sleep on things you don't have to be thinking consciously about something in order to think about it which is really weird but with adhd if you like hone this ability you can actually be doing something while thinking about how you're doing it and like thinking of whether or not it's effective you can like do both of those things simultaneously while you're doing everything i think i've done that for most of my life you say like I'm very conscious. Yeah, <laughs> I've spent my whole life consciously thinking about whatever I'm doing while also actively thinking about doing it. And then yeah. like sometimes that goes more layers deep as well. Like you can have like five layers of inception about whatever I'm I'm doing, and it can be overwhelming, but it's also just wild. Yeah. No, I I uh I don't envy that. I don't know if I have ADHD or not. I've never been tested for it. Although I wouldn't be shocked to learn if I did, mm -hmm. but it was very, I was, it was interesting talking to you. We went to a lot of places. I just, I wanted to get off the, a little bit of the hard subject and go, you know, to worms and fruit loops and everything. But even that led to. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Like I, I knew you, you asked me like anything I'm interested in talking about and like, I, there's so much stuff I love talking about, but if I think about what it's like for somebody to be interviewed on a talk show, it's like 50% serious, 50% lighthearted. And I do feel like most of my conversations come back around to some serious topic, but not because I want to be like a serious all the time and like a social justice warrior. It's like, I just understand a lot. And like, that's my, my brain has spent so much time understanding things that when, whenever somebody says a sentence, it's like, I can share a piece of understanding about what's going on like almost always and if i can't share a piece of understanding i'll be sitting there listening and looking for it like i won't even say a word because i'll be sitting there trying to understand well yeah man keep yeah keep keep that up keep being you because that's awesome any more people need to shut up and share you know so it like you know yeah. appropriately <laughs> like like you mentioned and not be obnoxious with the information they obtain which you're not so that's a good thing I want to say we're going to end here. Thanks for being on, Justin. I want to say thank you to the listeners of A Thousand Crazy Questions, the podcast. 
And two listeners, again, that one specific podcast that place I mentioned earlier is called podchaser.com. It's pretty much the IMBD of podcasts. Great place to find new podcasts can hook down ones like this. And just go to Google and look up Podchaser and then go there, leave a review or follow this one on Podchaser and find new ones. And I mostly stick to my Instagram page for updates on my channel and what's going to go on and what's happening there. So just yeah, hit up one of the thousand crazy questions on Instagram if you want to do that and just keep up with what's going on. Just, hey, before we go, also just want to have this file over to you. Is there anything that you want to plug or just tell the listeners in general? I was just to say thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, like you said at the start, if you guys have any more questions that you want to ask me, I'm all for it. Please uh, break my brain more. Would you rather questions like this? Because they're fun. Think through. Well, um, yeah, everyone, that's it. Everyone stay safe. Everyone share this with your enemies. Share this with your friends. Don't drive in text. It's new. It gets in the way of texting. Just text alone. Forget to drive it. Everyone, yeah. Bye. All right. As always, follow my music producer D800 D-800 at BeatStars or SoundCloud.com. <laughs>